to welcome our satellites and those who are watching online, thankful for YouTube and our women's app and all the places that you can catch our teaching, as well as download um, on our uh, website, download the study guide and those things. Um, on page 35, like I mentioned, is your notes. Um, we are in Romans 7. Romans 7 has a lot, right? I so hope you were able to lean into the study guide because I so believe this is true for myself. If I can't name it, I can't change it. Now, obviously, the Lord is the one who steps in and does amazing work of healing and change, but I think it's hard to receive or even ask for the Lord's transformation if I can't name it, right? If I can't name the wound, if I can't name the idol, if I can't name the steps that I want to take to battle and to resist temptation, we do live in a world with an enemy. We call him Satan or the devil, basically the personification of evil uh, that lives and lurks. And so I hope you're leaning in. Uh, there is so much in Romans 7, and for the sake of time, I realized I couldn't do what I love to do, which is read through the passage, and then you know me, I'm going to get off on some tangents, so I'm going to try to help myself not do that, and I just want to make, I'm going to make a few points, I want to say three things about Romans 7 that I want us to capture, and then we're going to kind of land at the end of the chapter, and I want to get real practical about how do we battle sin. How do we battle temptation, okay? You with me? Let me pray, and I'm going to share a few things, and then we'll dive into the passage, the end of the passage. Father, come. By your Spirit, enliven your Word. Illuminate it for the one who is doubting and needs clarity and confirmation for the one who is hurting and needs to know you see them, for the one who is afraid and needs to know that you're in charge. For all of us who face an enemy who wants to either defeat us or discourage us, we pray for greater courage greater faith, greater love, greater truth, and greater grace that we might stand firm and stand in Christ, in his name, amen. So Romans 7 Paul says a whole lot of stuff about the law. He says a whole lot of stuff about sin. And so three things I want us to just be what I think clear on, things that I think Paul is putting out before us. The first is this. He wants his audience, he wants his readers to know that the problem is not the law because he's been saying, okay, you know, saying stuff about the law. These are many of them Jewish new believers in Christ who come out of Judaism and they're wondering, so are you saying we just get rid of the law? We just get rid of the commandments? This is what we've kind of grounded ourselves in, right? And Paul wants to be clear because he too came out of Judaism and he wants them to know the problem is not the law, the problem is sin, right? The law, he says in verse 12, the law is holy and righteous and good. 
But then he later says, just a few verses later, he says, sin is utterly sinful. And what he's kind of saying there is that sin is, is filled with all this chaos. It is filled with spiritual death and physical death and destruction. Sin is utterly sinful. It messes everything up. It messes me up. And sin is a turning from God. It's any action or attitude not aligned with God and his glory. Remember he said in Romans 3, for, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Sin is a falling short of God's majesty and beauty. And here's the really good news, church people. You can be really churchy and you can be really religious and fall short of the glory of God because you're relying on you. You're relying on your systems. You're relying on your religiosity, and it just takes you down a path of self-righteousness or pride. Paul wants them to know the problem is not the law. The problem is sin. Second, Paul wants us to know that the human condition that we live in, in this in-between time, the time of Christ's first coming and his ultimate return, that our condition is a battle with sin. It's still a battle with sin, right? The human condition pre-Christ and even in Christ is a battle with sin always won by faith. Always won by faith in Christ. He wants us to know before we became a Christian, he's laid this out in Romans, all the way from Romans 1, before we became a Christian, we needed to be rescued from sin's ownership of us. We've talked about that. The, that in our human nature, in our, in our condition, we are born into sin and we need a rescue from the ownership, the mastery of sin over us. And when we come to faith in Christ, we are no longer owned by sin. We are no longer mastered by sin, but we still need a rescue every day, ongoing. It doesn't mean that you lose your salvation and you need it. No, I personally believe you're secure in Christ. What he accomplished on the cross took care of us, made us right with God. But after coming to faith in Christ, we need to be rescued from sin's influence right? Not its ownership. It no longer owns us, but sin will continue to influence us. Evil will continue to influence us. And that's the good news that his mercies are new every morning. That's the good news of that word repent that has become kind of an evil word in our culture, but it's actually an invitation of grace. Every day I get to repent. The word means to turn around. It just means I was turning this way for a minute, and God invited me back to look at his face. Invited me back to be reminded of who I really am. Right. And then the third thing that I think Paul puts on display so beautifully and we're all so thankful for is this, the struggle is real. Right? <laughs> Paul speaks what we have all felt. He says this, I do not understand what I do. <laughs> For what I want to do, I do not do. 
but what I hate, I do. <laughs> what's, what's with me? I don't understand myself. So now we're going to jump into verse 21. I think that's on page 36 there at the top. Paul goes on. He says, For I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. That's the, that's the picture of his transformation. Because when we come to faith in Christ, what is changed in us is now there is an affection for God and for his law. And we love his commands. We trust him. That's the journey of faith, is that we've gone from trusting self to trusting Christ to looking for everything else to come through for us, to looking for God to come through for us. And so when we come to faith in Christ, something has happened internally to us. And God has placed in us a delight in his law. I saw it in my own life when I came to faith in Jesus as a little 17-year-old, right? That suddenly I loved the Bible, Now, there were still confusing things. There were things that disturbed me, all that. But before coming to faith in Christ, I didn't, it was boring. I wasn't really drawn to it. But suddenly, I have a delight in his law. Now, I still wanted to figure out where the party was when I came home from that camp and started reading my Bible and all those things. There was still a war waging, but something had happened internally, right? I had been changed. I had been transformed. That's what Paul's saying. In my inner being, I delight in God's law. It's who I am. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law at sin, of sin at work within me. And he's battling this, right? Paul's written from Romans chapter 5. God demonstrated his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, right? I think Paul is utterly convinced that his righteousness has come to him through Christ and not by his works. And yet he sees this still, this battle with sin. And then in verse 24, he declares, what a wretched man am I. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. And, and I might be imposing this on this, but um, I think Paul is, is saying, in a sense, I've been rescued and I'm being rescued. right? And really, another translation translates that, what a wretched man am I who will rescue me from this body of death. And some commentators suggest that what Paul is calling upon in this is an image that would have been known to the peop- his readers. Because this was a horrific time in history. We think, you know, it's always getting worse. This was horrific. Think about the death of Christ, of a crucifixion. This is the way that they punished people, right? And Jesus was just up there with common criminals, right? Well, one of the other ways of punishing people that they had back then was if you killed somebody, that person's body would be tied to you, right? 
and you would carry it around with you in, as it decomposed, right? And that was your punishment. And let me suggest, friends, and I think this is Paul's calling on this image because maybe he's, he's saying, I've been rescued from this body of death by Christ, but I'm still walking around like I got a dead body decomposing on me. I'm still wearing sin, and I'm letting it destroy me. And he's reminding himself and he's reminding his reader, thanks be to God, he has delivered me. He has delivered me from this mastery of sin. He has delivered me from this sin that clings to me. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law. This is what I know to be true. The truth that I know in my mind is that I have enslaved myself to God. Remember he talked about that previously. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm a slave to God. But in my sinful nature, in this still this ongoing battle with sin, a slave to the law of sin. And then he goes into Romans 8. That's why our Bibles sometimes don't help us because they have chapter breaks and all this. And this is important. He says, So then I myself, in my mind, am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The therefore harkens back to, I have been delivered by Christ. I am no longer a slave to sin. What I know in my mind, this truth needs to move down into how I live and how I regard myself. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And Paul is going to present in and he mentions this earlier in chapter 7, how do we battle this? How do we now live this Christian faith? We live it in the Spirit. We live in the new way of the Spirit. We're going to go deep into that this coming week and in next week's talk, but for now, I want to get practical. I want to get practical How do we live in this battle where what is true of me is I'm no longer mastered by sin? What is true of me is I'm no longer a slave to sin. What is true of me is I am now a slave to God. I've aligned with him. The truth, what my mind knows is true is that I'm his and I'm delivered and there's no condemnation. How do I move that into my heart? How do I extend that into my life? Well, I want to suggest three things. One one will be the victory of Christ, in Christ. The second will be the leadership of Christ. That's what it is to be a disciple, means to be a learner, a follower. 
And so we follow the leadership of Christ. And the third thing is going to be the provision of Christ. What has he already provided for us? So I want to talk about first the victory in Christ. Paul talks about this over and over and over again in his letters and in his writings. I'm just going to read two of the places where he speaks of this. That Christ is victorious. The victory has already been won. There is always a way out when you face temptation, when you face the enemy. He says this in 1 Corinthians 10, Paul writes, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. We misuse that phrase and we say God will never give you anything you can't handle. That's not true. He's going to give you all kinds of things you can't handle. Right? <laughs> I just want good news today. You can't handle half the stuff you're handling. But God's grace comes alongside you and empowers you and is with you. And in this point, but the point Paul making here is that any temptation that comes at you, it will not be beyond what you can bear because when you are tempted and you will be tempted, and what is the temptation? The temptation is to sin. The temptation is to fall short of the glory of God. The temptation is to run my own way and not God's way. The temptation is to make it my will, not his will, right? But when you are tempted... God, he, God, will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Or another translation, probably a little bit better, says, God will provide a way out so that you may stand up under it. And if you do any kind of study on the enemy, which we've been looking at, if you do any kind of study on spiritual warfare, you're going to see repeatedly the invitation, especially from Paul, uh, to stand up. Stand firm. Stand in what you know is true. Stand in Christ. He always provides that way out. Paul will later say in 1 Corinthians 5, and he says a very similar thing in multiple places, but he will say this. He will say, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He has already given us the victory. The context of that passage in 1 Corinthians, it's actually 15, um, is the resurrection. And that's where our faith stands on. Our faith does not just stand on a warm fuzzy. Our faith does not just stand on, I feel like Christianity is better than that other religion. Our faith stands in a historical event that we believe to be true. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. A God who lived a perfect life, died a substitutionary death for us, and was raised for new life that we might too share in life eternal, right? That victory has already taken place. J.D. Greer, I was reading this in, I think, a book or commentary. As I was preparing, I thought this quote was so good. You can tattoo it on your leg. Um, <laughs> says this, Christians fight, Christians fight from victory, not for victory. Christians fight from victory, 
not for victory. You got it? When you battle temptation, when you battle the evil one, you battle from a place of victory, not trying to get a victory, okay? Which leads us to the leadership of Jesus and the model that he has set forth for us in his perfect life of how do we battle temptation, how do we battle evil. There's two moments in the life of Jesus. There's way more than that, but I, I picked two. Two that I, put, I think put on display, and Jesus models for us how do we face temptation and evil. The first shows up in, all, in three of the four Gospels. It shows up in Luke chapter 4 where Jesus having been baptized, and in the moment of his baptism, he hears the voice of the Father, and those around heard it too, and he hears the voice of the Father call down and say, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Write this down. Your battle begins with your identity. Your battle begins with your identity. Your battle begins with you hearing the voice of the Father. It doesn't have to be audible because it's all over the scripture. That you are loved. That you are adopted by God in Christ. That you are his prized possession. That he sings over you. He is for you. And so Jesus, having had the confirmation of his identity being loved by the Father. He is then, we're told, filled with the Holy Spirit. Write that down. You, if you have come to faith in Jesus Christ, at that moment, the Holy Spirit enters you. I, I, I understand what people are saying when they talk about salvation being progressive or a process, and I, I get that, but at some point, your salvation is a moment. And you may not know that moment. But in that moment, God himself entered you and indwells you. And you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus was filled with the Spirit. And he was led by the Spirit. And if you are in Christ, the Spirit is leading you. Are you following well, in this instant, the Spirit led Jesus into a place where he would be tempted. And what did that do for Jesus? One, it, accomplished, it was part of accomplishing our salvation. For us, when we're led into temptation, it's a, it's a part of us having an opportunity to give glory to God. It's an opportunity to strengthen a faith muscle that we have, right? So Jesus was taken in, and he, it says he was tempted by the devil, and Two things there. He was tempted to deny his identity, and that's going to happen every day. Are you really loved by God? Are you really his? Is he really victorious? Are you really okay? And then secondly, he was tempted to sin. Because if Jesus sins, the whole thing's over, right? And what does Jesus do? How does he battle the enemy? He quotes the Bible over and over in this moment in history, Jesus says, Jesus, God of the universe, is quoting the Bible. If God needs the Bible, I need the Bible, right? He's quoting the Torah. He's quoting what he grew up with. 
He quotes the scripture. He says, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. Friends, know your Bible. Know your Bible. I get it. Know all your wonderful Christian authors. But know your Bible more. Right? The second incident in the life of Jesus is a moment when he's battling demons in Matthew chapter 8. And I wanted to um, share this one because I think it's a picture of when we think about battling the enemy, what does that look like, right? And in this case, two demon-possessed guys come to Jesus and nobody can get through them because it says they were violent and it's probably all kind of chaos and no one can pass through. I got to say this, I do not believe Christians can be possessed. I believe Christians can be oppressed. Possession keeps us in sin. If you are possessed, it is because you are in the kingdom of darkness. It is because you do not belong to God in Christ. And and sin is your master. And it's over you and it owns you and it keeps you there. So possession keeps you in sin. Oppression, which I think is true for all believers that we still live in this in-between time and there will be oppression. What oppression does is it tempts us to sin, right? Anyway, the demons, back to the demons. Um, the demons speak through these men to Jesus. It's interesting. The, they, they just, the, Jesus, they go to Jesus too. They're somehow drawn, it's a weird situation. And they say to Jesus, what do you want to do with us, son of man? They know who he is, right? And get this, they know who Jesus is, and this is Jesus' model to us, and Jesus is not afraid. Jesus is not freaked out, right? They say, have you come to torture us before the appointed time? That's fascinating. They know that there is an appointed time, and they're just questioning Jesus' calendar, um, that there will be a time when they will be destroyed, when, there, then, when all evil would be put, will be put away, right? They know their demise, but in the chaos, because I think sin is chaos, and it's illogical, and it doesn't make sense. It never does. So they beg Jesus, if you drive us out, because basically they're like, you're going to probably drive us out because that's what you do. If you drive us out, send us into those pigs. We like the pigs. (laughs) What I find fascinating here is they're not even trying to fight Jesus. Right. And you know what I love too? (laughs) Is that Jesus, who has been given the authority of the Father, says that multiple times in scripture. He has all authority. That's what these demons are seeing. They see the authority. They surrender to Jesus's authority. Jesus does not get loud. Jesus doesn't get all goofy. Jesus doesn't like start going, where's the anointing oil? Let's do that. Oh, oh, and I'm not against anointing oil. I think it's great. But <laughs> Jesus has an encounter with demons. And you know what he does? He just says, go. He just says, go. Get out. Get out. He speaks with all the authority that has been given to him by the Father. And friends, this takes us to point number three, the provision of Christ. We too share in his authority. All that is Christ is ours. 
The authority of the Father has been given to Christ, the Son, who shares that authority with us. Jesus gives us his authority and he gives us his armor. He gives us power and authority over evil. And Luke chapter 9 says this, when Jesus had called the 12, his disciples, his followers, you are in that band, that you are in that group, you are a part of that tribe if you have come to faith in Christ. He calls them together and it says he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. God gives us power and authority that the kingdom of God proclaimed through us and through our life. Right? And then he gives us his armor. Right? Jesus is God. And it says in Ephesians 6 that we have been given the armor of God. I love this. Are you still walking around wearing death? Are you still walking around wearing sin? Even though you've been rescued from it? Even though you've been delivered it, from it? Or are you walking around wearing the armor of God? And this struck me. I, I've studied this passage so many times, but it really struck me this time. Probably y'all had already seen this. But I love that it says... Put on the full armor of God, not just the pieces. Because I think sometimes when we, when we teach the armor of God, you know, we take a six-week se sermon series and we preach each piece of the armor. And but the picture I felt like the Lord wanted me to have was not, like, not, not put on a piece of the armor for like, okay, I'm confronting a lie, so I need the belt of truth. Okay, I'm confronting sin, so I need the breastplate of righteousness. No, he's saying, no, I want you to get it all on. I don't want you to wear a piece today and a different piece tomorrow. I want you every day walking around in the whole thing, right? I want you walking around with the belt of truth, the word of God in us. I want you walking around with the breastplate of righteousness right there next to the belt of truth. Of course, this righteous, and I love this too, all these things are given to us in Christ. For he who knew no sin, Jesus, became sin, that we might have the righteousness of God. And with that righteousness, place on you the gospel of peace. Live as gospel people, people who know the good news, know that you are rescued, know that Jesus has already taken care of things. And with that, carry that shield of faith, because Jesus is the author and perfecter of your faith. That shield's just going to keep getting bigger. He's authoring it. He's perfecting it. Don't forget your helmet of salvation when you run out the door. That confidence that you are saved. That confidence that you are his. Oh, yeah, and strap in the sword of the spirit. That is the word of God. It is written, it is written, it is written. And then I love he ended up, this is debated if this is a piece of the armor, but I think it is. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. In your study this week, you're going to practice praying in the Spirit. Ooh, it's not really, it's not really weird. It's all over the Bible. So uh, a, little, a little teaser to do your study this week. Uh, would we be people? Father, would we be people? who receive your provision 
of authority over evil. That we could walk like Jesus walked against temptation, against the demonic. Oh, Lord, that we would not just wear pieces of your armor, but we would wear all of your armor. That we wear it every day, knowing that it's been given to us by you. That it's not our armor, it's your armor that we get to wear. What a great thing. Thank you for the victory that has already been accomplished in Christ. Give us courage to fight in between as we await and we long for your return. And we say, as the scripture says, as Paul has declared and others, come Lord Jesus, come. We long for your presence. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.